So today all of a sudden I realized that I do not have too much to do this afternoon and therefore I called up Atmaram Krishnadas and I told him that today is a Saturday and probably I can give the teleconference class and nowadays of course this teleconference class also has become linked up to Mayapur TV like those who have the access can also watch it in Mayapur TV so I'm here and I decided to give the class today and since I did not uh, or rather since I decided to give the class this morning there was not enough time to inform everybody the when the news or the information was sent uh, much later and so today we are just doing the regular Saturday teleconference class and uh, I hope you all are happy to be here I am today yesterday I came to Leicester Tomorrow is the Rathajatra in Leicester and day after tomorrow our seminar is starting, rather the retreat is starting. They're expecting about 150 devotees to come from different parts of Europe and UK. They'll be staying here. The accommodation has been arranged for these few days, for about seven, eight days they'll be here not seven, actually it'll be nine days they'll be here and uh, the topic of seminar uh, has been uh, also uh, announced and this also will be uh, telecasted uh, every day actually the seminar will start from day after tomorrow evening London time and <clears throat> so today's topic for discussion is the second chapter of the second canto of Sriman Bhagavatam. Last class I gave on the first chapter of the second canto. And now it will be um, second chapter of the second canto. Probably you all remember uh, the last class that we discussed, the first chapter of the second canto. It was Sukadev Goswami started to reply, uh, answer the questions of Parikshit Maharaj. Parikshit Maharaj is now preparing to leave this planet, being cursed by a Brahmana, by a Brahmana boy, Shringi. And uh, when he was preparing on the bank of the Ganges to leave his body meditating upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sukadev Goswami arrived there. Although so many other exalted personalities were there, but uh, Sukadev Goswami was given the exalted seat 
although by age he, and although by apparently by age he was much younger to everybody like his, even his father was present there Vasudev was there but he was given the seat so that actually indicates the ultimate consideration of seniority is spiritual wisdom Sukadev Goswami had perfect understanding of the supreme personality of godhead so that's why Sukadev Goswami was given that vasasan and Parikshit Maharaj asked him various questions pertaining to the ultimate goal of life now that life is coming to an end what should be done and that should be the consideration for every intelligent human being when one gets a human form of life he gets an opportunity to question about the purpose of his existence he questions about the supreme personality of godhead so that is how uh, the life life's mission can be accomplished human form provides this opportunity no other form actually provides this opportunity but unfortunately most of the people just squander this extremely valuable gift of nature they simply completely disregard this wonderful opportunity and squander their life in just trivial mundane endeavors for sense gratification that's why studying scriptures like shrimad bhagavatam is so important because bhagavatam reminds us of this goal the why should one waste his life in unnecessary endeavors because sense gratification is available even for the animals sense gratification opportunity for sense gratification is there in every living entity those who are in a much lower species but human form comes with an amazing opportunity to understand the goal of life to inquire about the goal of life and uh, cultivate the ultimate purpose of our existence so that's why but uh, time and time again the scriptures are reminding us about this goal through this wonderful descriptions here we are seeing parikshit maharaj a king who is not only a king he was a ruler of the entire earth planet and such a powerful personality such an opulent personality when he got to know that he has only 7 days left he just prepared himself okay there was no endeavor for counteracting the curse he could have uh, there was uh, if he wanted he could have counteracted that curse but he did not because he considered that was the point was the goal of was the use now that i have been cursed to leave let's accept the curse of the brahmana and let me just go on like in the second canto first chapter Sukadev Goswami started to 
reply started to answer the questions of Parikshit Maharaj. Parikshit Maharaj's question actually was, now that I have to leave my body, how should I prepare myself? What should be the goal of life? And what should be the objective at this point in time? And Sukadeva Goswami appreciated that question and then he started to answer and how and at the end he end of the first chapter he was describing the universal form of the Lord that uh, 14 planetary systems are actually the bo body of the Lord the universe is actually the body of the Lord starting from his feet the lower planetary system Patala Loka is his feet then Rasatal, Mahatal, uh, they are his calves and then the Bital, Sutal, Bital, Talatal and Sutal uh, are his thighs and in this way it goes up to and then the earth planet is the middle planetary system and then beyond earth planet there are six other planetary systems uh, Bhubar Loka, Swar Loka and Mahar Loka, Jana Loka, Tapa Loka, Sattva Loka Swar Loka is the place of the residence of the demigods then uh, Mahar Loka, Jana Loka, Tapa Loka are the places of uh, the Maharsis, the, same, the great sages and it way, this way it goes to higher and higher uh, residential situations of the exalted personalities and then ultimately it is the abode of Lord Brahma, Satyaloka and then Satyaloka is actually the head of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Mahapurusha. So in this way uh, the whole planetary system has been described and as the body of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then in this second canto, second chapter of the second canto, the, it begins with uh, Sukadeva Goswami started to explain that how meditating upon the Virat Rupa, the universal form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Brahma developed his ability to create. Any problem? Brahma developed his ability mm, to create. Brahma actually mm, created as it was before, like there was an annihilation. The creation was, the universe was destroyed. And uh, at the time of annihilation, everything dissolved. But then again, the creation began. Uh, and a new Brahma came. And this Brahma in the universe started to uh, prepare himself and the preparation is 
he meditated upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead in his Virata Rupa. And <clears throat> eventually Brahma received the instructions from the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of the Vedas. But then again, uh, the Vedas can be quite bewildering. The sound of the Vedas can be quite bewildering because the sound of the Vedas can lead one to materialistic pursuits to enjoy this material nature. The Karmakanda section of the Vedas are actually giving us different prescriptions for enjoyment in this material nature. Therefore, in Bhagavad Gita also Krishna said that Jamimang Pushpichang Bacha. The Pushpitang Bacha is the flowery words of the Vedas. What are the flowery words? That the words or the, the sound, the instructions, the guidance, the opportunities that are being offered to enjoy in this material nature. But an, but an intelligent person will understand that that is not the goal of life. And that intelligence actually develops when one comes across a bona fide spiritual master. The bona fide spiritual master tells a living entity, tells his intelligent, qualified student, what is the goal of life. So this actually is a very important thing to understand that just by reading, by studying Vedas, one may not find the ultimate goal of life. The direction of a qualified teacher is absolutely essential. The guidance of a bona fide spiritual master is very, very important. And it is the spiritual master who actually gives the ultimate direction. The goal of life is not to enjoy in this material, not to endeavor for enjoyment in this material nature. Don't waste your time. That is the instruction of a bona fide spiritual master. Don't waste your time don't waste this wonderful opportunity to enjoy this material nature. Because after all, there is no enjoyment in this material nature. It's only an allurement. The, our acharyas are reminding that point time and time again. That is illusory. You are, you are trying to get one, get something, but you don't get it. Instead, you get just the opposite. Just like a mirage, an illusion, a classic example of illusion is mirage. The mirage gives the promise of water, appears to be like water, but actually it is burning hot sand. Shitalo bolia, onolo pohalu. In order to get the cold, sensation or thinking that it will cool me down, I approach the fire. And as a result of that, Painu Borojotap, I got as a result of that I got the heat of the thunderbolt. I thought I'll cool myself, but what I got is a thunderbolt, the heat of a thunderbolt. 
So that is what the material nature is like. We are trying to enjoy, but instead of enjoyment, what do we get? We simply get suffering. So this is what Brahma realized, that these words of the Vedas can be quite bewildering. Instead of giving us the ultimate solution of of our material existence, it may allure us into the materialistic way of life, desiring for sense gratification. Therefore, a person who is endeavoring for spiritual advancement should curtail his necessities to the bare minimum. Whatever is necessary for his maintenance, one should just maintaining the body, one should just accept that. The purpose of life should not be to increase the facilities of this material life. So that's why it is very important that uh, one recognizes the ultimate goal of life. And as I said, we need a spiritual master because the spiritual master reminds us about that time and time again. The don't waste your time in materialistic endeavor. The, material, the goal of life is spiritual advancement. And one should endeavor only for the minimum necessities of existence. And here there is a very beautiful verse uh, that Sukadeva Goswami is mentioning. Sattangshito king kashipa preyashaira Bauho shashidhe hi upabarhani kim Shattanjalo king puradhan napatra Digbalka lado sati king dukulai He is saying, why endeavor for fancy beds when the flat earth is available? He is talking about uh, a transcendentalist uh, who has dedicated his life completely into spiritual advancement. And when you have your arms, what's the point in going for a fancy soft pillow? What's the use of endeavoring for a fancy bedstead? What's the use of fancy pillow when the flat earth is available to lie down on and when the arm is there to Use it as your pillow. Sattanjalo king puradhan patra. What's the point in having fancy utensils to eat food from when you're puradhan patra? Uh, when your hands, patra sattanjalo anjali, when your hands are there. <laughs> Just take the food in your hand and eat it. When the bark of trees are there, was the point in endeavoring for fancy clothes. So this is how he is pointing out the person who is really serious about spiritual advancement should minimize his necessities to the bare minimum.
Of course, at the same time, uh, in Kali Yuga, that's not possible. That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave uh, uh, a very simple process. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu knew that in the age of Kali, not many people will be able to pursue that kind of life that Sukadeva Goswami was speaking about. A transcendentalist should give up everything. Those people were very powerful individuals. And they were just like yesterday we were discussing about Vidura. He left home, a prince brought up in a palace, left home and just started to wander around the world, traveling to the places of pilgrimage. And he was leading a life like that, sleeping under a tree, eating whatever came on his way. and. For clothes, he was wearing some tree bark. And, but in this age, that's not going to be possible for most of the people. Therefore, in this age, the emphasis is actually on preaching. And for the sake of preaching, one should accept whatever is necessary. Like nowadays, uh, Prabhupada, we have seen with Srila Prabhupada, uh, if, we, if Prabhupada went to America wearing tree bark, <laughs> then nobody would have uh, spoken to him. Nobody would have come near him. Therefore, Prabhupada dressed in a normal way. Prabhupada saw that people would not accept him unless he could conformed with their uh, way of life. So he dressed nicely, he drove fancy cars, he flew in the aeroplanes, just to get, just to reach out to people and give them Krishna consciousness. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission. For the sake of preaching, whatever we have to do, we'll do. And another thing is, another consideration is that the process that Sukadeva Goswami is describing here is the process for an individual's own upliftment. But what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave is the process for everyone else's upliftment. In this process, one is not so much concerned about his own salvation. He is concerned only about others' spiritual advancement. And this spiritual advancement can be achieved quite easily, simply by remembering Krishna, simply by chanting the holy name of the Lord, simply by meditating upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead, simply by being engaged in His devotional service. He is actually, Sukadeva Goswami is coming to that point gradually. He pointed out there is no need for unnecessary endeavor for sense gratification, but one should actually focus on his own spiritual advancement. So uh, he is actually pointing out ultimately that one should become fixed up in serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead, because that is the ultimate goal of life. And that Supreme Personality of Godhead is situated in the heart. He is situated in the heart, he is 
closest to everyone. Uh, everyone can develop a relationship with him. And in order to do that, one doesn't need to go to the forest. One can simply be situated in his spiritual practice of rendering devotional service. And uh, by reaching the ultimate goal of life and by worshipping him, one can become free from his material bondage. Just by being engaged in the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one can become free from his material bondage. Our Lord is in the heart. And Sukadev Goswami is describing how the Lord is how the Lord is in the heart. And <clears throat> it says that his mouth expresses a beautiful smile. His face is lit up with a beautiful smile. It's not only it is the most beautiful, uh, it is the epitome of all beauty, but it has been further beautified by his beautiful smile. His eyes spread like lotus petals. He wears yellow garment, his garment is yellow. And he's bedecked with valuable jewels. He's wearing earrings on his neck. He has got beautiful necklaces and and on his head he has a crown bedecked with most precious jewels. There's all kinds of beautiful ornaments decorating his body. And on his chest there is the most brilliant gem, the ghost of a jewel. And there's a beautiful flower garland adorning his <coughs> chest. His feet are placed, his feet are resting over the petals of a whirl of a lotus. And that lotus is the heart of the yogis, great mystics. Those who are meditating upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his heart is placed on their, his feet are placed on his heart, on their hearts. <clears throat> and one must meditate, one must focus his consciousness onto that beautiful personality who is already residing in his heart. That is the goal of life. So first we meditate upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead and then as the reciprocation begins, uh, we meditate upon the Lord in the heart and as we develop our relationship, then a loving exchange begins. And through that loving exchange, develops the devotional service. Due to that love for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, a devotee wants to render service unto Him. And as a result of that, He renders, He expresses His love through His service. My Lord, what can I do for you? That becomes His attitude. And this meditation should begin from the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. His lotus feet 
and it is from his lotus feet it would rise uh, unto the unto his smiling lotus face and that way we can also remember shrimad bhagavatam is the body of the supreme personality of godhead and first and second cantos are his lotus feet third and fourth canto are his thighs the fifth canto is his abdomen sixth canto is his chest seventh and eighth cantos are his arms ninth canto is his neck and the tenth canto is his smiling lotus face so this is how we should gradually rise starting from the lotus feet of the lord bhagavatam should be studied in this order uh, gradually from canto to canto and come to the 10th canto where you get the direct perception of the lord then 11th canto is his forehead and 12th canto is his head so this is another description of the transcendental body of the supreme personality of godhead so that is another way to meditate upon the supreme personality of godhead by studying because study is a meditation when we study and get absorbed in our studies when we read and we get absorbed in our reading then that is another kind of meditation and through that meditation we can see the supreme personality of godhead and <clears throat> as the mind as it rises as a yogi progresses in his meditation his intelligence becomes purer and purer as he goes from higher and higher region his intelligence becomes more and more pure so another way of looking at it is another way of looking at it is the way of the process of meditation of the yogis and their process is actually the yogis ashtanga yogis they make their life energy life air rise from the base of the vertebral column which is known as muladhar to higher and higher region there are different chakras the bot the bay from the bottom uh the next chakra is is opposite to the region of the genitals and then it's navel then heart then neck uh, then eyebrows the in between the eyebrows and then finally the the sahasrara the brain center so these are all the process of elevating one's consciousness yogis does it yogis do it by artificially or by mechanically uh, through the mechanical process of ashtanga yoga it is very arduous process very very difficult process 
which actually begins practically from pratahar, withdrawal of the senses, from the objects of the senses. And before pratahar is pranayam, breathing control. Breathing control actually leads practically to stopping to breathe. So those process, that process is impossible for the living entities of this age, human beings of this age. Today yogas are becoming very popular, that kind of yoga, but you know, uh, it's an unfortunate development. The real purpose of yoga for spiritual advancement is not the goal, it's just some material benefit. Anyway, the material nature is like that and misdirected civilization, as Prabhupada used to say, it's misdirected because people are not listening to the qualified teachers. People are listening to some cheaters and being cheated. ISKCON is there, ISKCON devotees are there, Prabhupada's teachings are there, Prabhupada's books are there. But people are not interested to take that knowledge from that source. Some cheap guy is coming and giving them uh, all kinds of uh, uh, false promises. They may work to some extent, but that's not the goal. Like they come and say, well, you practice this, you, you'll, you're di- you'll be cured of your diabetes. You'll be cured of your blood pressure. You'll be cured of cancer. Maybe they get some temporary benefit out of that, but that is not the goal of this yoga. The purpose of yoga is to become situated on transcendental platform and rise one's spiritual consciousness, develop one's spiritual consciousness. That is the goal of yoga. All the yogas, whether it's Ashtanga yoga, whether it is uh, Karma yoga, Jnana yoga, or pure devotional service, Bhakti yoga. The purpose of yoga is to develop spiritually. Anyway, at least those who are sincere and those who are intelligent and on top of everything those who are fortunate, they will recognize the value of Srila Prabhupada's teachings and take full advantage of that teachings. So in this way, at least we can see that we have found the most precious object. We have become aware of the ultimate goal of life. What others are doing, let's not waste our time in analyzing that. Let us take full advantage and let us try to create the good fortune for others. That's why we have to preach. Preaching is an expression of a compassion for others. We should go out and tell them that, look, you have such a wonderful opportunity. Take advantage of it. 
And in order to do that, we have to be concerned about uh, our presentation, that people don't misunderstand us. They should see that we are selfless preachers. We are simply here to benefit them, for the to guiding to guide them in guiding them into into achieving the ultimate goal of life. So in this way, the the purpose of meditation is to concentrate the mind on the transcendental form of the Lord. That is the goal of life. That's the goal of meditation. The meditation should bring from the lotus feet of the Lord and then come up to the smiling lotus face of the Lord. And then we can go even beyond that, 11th canto. And 11th canto is Uddhav Gita. That's why now I am focusing on Uddhav Gita. I am giving the seminars on Uddhav Gita. Because that's such a wonderful instruction of Krishna. The ultimate culmination of the spiritual wisdom. The ultimate uh, development of Srimad Bhagavatam. And when one reaches that point, that is the point of Labdho Pashanti. One achieves the ultimate tranquility of mind. And the ultimate goal is to remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead at the time of death. So one should not be afraid of death. Rather one should prepare himself for death. So here we are seeing Parikshit Maharaj. He's not afraid of death. Rather he's preparing himself. Okay, death is coming. What should I do now? Materialistic people become afraid of death and they want to try to avoid death. But a spiritualist would be bold enough to face death. Let it come any moment. I am ready. I am ready. Because that is the gateway to the spiritual sky. The ultimate perfection will come when I go beyond that point. Death means annihilation or departure from this body. This body, after all, is a bondage in this material nature. It is with this body we are bound in this material nature, with both gross and subtle body. Subtle body is even more dangerous. From gross body we can get freedom at the time of death. But from the subtle body there is no freedom. We simply have to get rid of the subtle body. And what is the way to get rid of subtle body? Uh, how to get rid of mind, intelligence and false ego? Uh, they are not going to just... Uh, we'll, we won't be able to discard it at one point, the way we discard the gross body. But it, we can only transform it. The mind, when engaged in thinking about Krishna, will be spiritualized. When intelligence is engaged in devotional service to Krishna, it will become transformed and spiritualized. 
And in this way, when you become engaged in the level, in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then our false ego will be spiritualized and will become situated in our constitutional position as an eternal servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We'll become situated in our Swarup, Siddha Swarup, perfected spiritual identity. And this life is an opportunity to reach that goal, our ultimate spiritual perfection. And that's why one must cultivate this process in the association of devotees. And the most important activity in this is kirtanam, shravanam kirtanam, hearing and chanting. Absorb yourself, absorb your existence, absorb your consciousness into just this two simple act, uh, hearing and chanting. And then rest will automatically happen. Kirtana prabhave smarana huive. When we chant, then remembrance will be there. Hearing, chanting, remembering. Remembrance will come from this hearing and chanting. And in this way, we'll become more and more involved in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Worshipping, glorifying, serving His lotus feet, surrendering ourselves at His lotus feet. These are the sublime process of spiritual involvement. Thank you all very much. Hare Krishna. Does anybody have any question? Question is from Rekhu from Ayapur TV. Yeah. So her question is that in the eighth verse it has been mentioned that the Lord uh, in the heart uh, appears to be, I mean is about eight inches. So here we have to understand that uh, it is, that is how he appears to the devotee. Like ultimately his form is transcendental. It cannot be measured by any uh, material measurement. But just as the universal form actually encompasses the entire creation, the Lord in the heart appears to be just like in the small form where he is residing in that region of the heart. Is that all right, Rekhu? Others conceive of the personality of Godhead residing within the body of the region of the heart and measuring only eight inches with four hands carrying a lotus, a wheel or a chariot, a conch shell and a club respectively. Now it, the understanding is that is how the Lord appears to be in the heart of everyone as the super soul. Because, you know, like one, when one tends to see him in relation to his own body, you see, when one, when one uh, tends to see him 
in relation to his own body, then, you know, that is how he appears to be. As if in that region, in that size, you know, he is residing and watching all his activities. You get it? Like, on the other hand, let's consider, if we consider him to be very big and all, then we can't imagine, we can't conceive that he is in the region of the heart. But then there is another way of looking at the Lord, the deity of the Lord. The deity of the Lord is the representation or manifestation of the personality who is in the heart. Now he is present, manifesting externally in the form of the deities. So there are different ways of seeing the Lord. In the heart as the super-soul. But then, when you meditate on the Lord, then how do you feel? Then, you be, I mean, as you get closer to Him with the proper understanding, then you may see Him as eight inches, but what is your size? One ten-thousand part of the tip of the hair. That is your size in relation to Him. <laughs> So when you meditate on that, then he becomes all-pervasive, all-encompassing, and you are just a tiny little one ten-thousand part of a tip of a hair. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, Atmaram, you had another question? Hmm. Okay. So Chittahari Krishna Das is asking that one Although one becomes determined to become fixed up in spiritual life, but still he gets deviated due to the allurements of Maya. So what to do about that? So in answer I would say that, yes, allurements of Maya will be there because we are, after all, uh, we are in the world of Maya. Therefore, these allurements of Maya is very dangerous, can be very dangerous. But the way to protect ourselves from those allurements and remaining fixed up in spiritual life is by becoming situated in the association of devotees. So wherever you are, always remain in the association of good devotees. Then these allurements will become ineffective. Okay, thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Gaur Premanande Hari Hari Bha.